Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It is early in the morning, dark outside on the 16th day of December 2022. It's 18 degrees outside here on the river. We got ice everywhere and still some drifting snow from the big storm that hit a few days ago. I hope you're warm and well and safe wherever you are. Listen, I I just have a kind of a jumbled up brain this morning. I've got a lot on my mind, Um, but I want to do a little quiet time with you just kind of a a little thought as we get close to the end of the year we've been you know we started back in november with this new thing november i found this verse in isaiah 43 where it says forget the former things and and don't don't worry about the things in the past anymore see i'm doing a new thing it says i will make springs or streams in the wilderness and i'll make a way where there is no way so jesus or god at that time was saying hey forget about whatever happened in your past it's time to move forward and i got something new for you right and then we said the concept that came to me is he can't do something new until you let go of something old that's been holding you back and that's why we talked about hebrews 12 and the great cloud of witnesses and casting off everything that's hindering and all that stuff and we in that context we got to december and on november 30th i gave you this concept of dry december like let god dry some stuff up let, let some stuff lie fallow and and let him plant and and fertilize and grow something new in your life. And that's what December is kind of about, like getting stuff out of our way. But I just have a, a thought. I started with a, a memory that I had um, of a of a Christine Kane gave a talk at our old church in Alabama a few years ago on a Wednesday night. Uh, and she talked about the difference between being free and being delivered. And then she gave the story of the Israelites, how God set them free from Egypt. But the journey that uh, Deuteronomy 1 says takes 11 days from, from Egypt to the promised land. They, they spent 40 years making that 11 day journey. They kept wandering around and, and covering the same ground over and over because they weren't delivered until they actually got to the promised land. They were free. They weren't slaves anymore, but they weren't home either. They were wandering around for 40 years. And it just occurred to me as I tried to sleep last night, I had a little, little trouble sleeping. Cause like I said, I have a lot on my mind and there's some stuff going on that we'll share with you later. But it just it dawned on me that we can be free. God can have set us free from our sins or set us free from, from sin and death and all those things that the Bible promises us. But we can still not be delivered until we finally decide to bury that stuff in the ground that's been holding us back and let him do the new thing that he wants to do. So today I just want to spend a couple of minutes and give you a couple of little thoughts. So we get close to the end of the year, and I want next year to be a, a year full of God's favor on your life. I want you to have, if God has a blessing and a plan for you, I want you to have it. And if, because God gave you this incredible, beautiful brain, I want you to learn how to use it properly, the way it's designed, so that it can help you and not hinder you anymore. So we're going to be talking a lot about neuroscience in the next few days. I want to go back and cover the basic ground of how our brains are wired and understanding the way we, the, the way our brains are designed so that we can begin to understand why we think and feel the way we do and then learn how to take control and not be victims of them anymore. And we're going to kind of learn how the basics of the self-brain surgery concept again as we get close to the end of the year because I want to arm you with everything you need to make sure that 2023 is the year that you can finally, as Psalm 37 said, fret not yourself anymore. Like stop worrying about stuff in the past and grab on to everything that he wants. Remember he says, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And from Lisa and I and Tata, we're praying for you. We want you to have the desires of your heart. And this is not about prosperity. It's about prosperity 
promise. Like God's given you some promises in your life that you can count on because when life gets hard, you need to know that there's a valid reason for hope. And there is, I can promise you that there's a valid reason to look for and fight for hope all the time. And it starts with self-brain surgery to get that clutter cleared out and get that fight or flight thing under control so you can move forward. We got a little music and a few verses, just a quick little thought that I want to give you this morning and a bunch of random stuff in my crazy brain like we talked about the other day. I just always have these jumbled thoughts that somehow seem to tie together. So not a scripted episode, just okay. to talk with my so, friend this morning. Like I said, I a bunch of jumbled up stuff this morning. Short, I'm going to do a, just a short little conversation is, with my friend here and I hope you're ready for this. There's a, uh, an old novel. Hey, are you ready to change your life if the answer is yes there's only one rule you have to change your mind first and my friend there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense that place is called self-brain surgery you can learn it and it will help you become healthier feel better and be happier and the good news is you can start today Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. He said, that's right, the misfit said. And the old lady says, well, then why don't you pray? She asked, trembling. And he said, I don't want no help. I'm doing all right by myself. I don't want no help. I'm doing all right by myself. So it reminded me, she says, if you pray, he'll help you. And he he acknowledges, that's right, he would help me if I prayed. Well, why don't you pray? And he says, well, I don't want any help. I'm, I'm doing all right by myself. And that's the problem that a lot of us have is we, we are out here on the road on a journey that should take us 11 days. And we're wandering around for 40 years for our whole life because we don't think we need any help. We're doing it all on our own. We're we're out there covering the same ground over and over. Or we we have that um, idea that we got from Mark Batterson back in all in August, where he says, "Who's who's following who here?" Like you you want to go, you say you want to go all in, but you really what you want is for Jesus to to just go along with you wherever you are and give you help when you need it, but not really let him be the Lord, right? So he says, "I don't want any help. I'm, I'm doing all right by myself." And at the same time, put that thought aside for a minute, and I want to give you something I read, and it just came to me while I was trying to sleep again the other night, Luke chapter 4. You know, Jesus is called out into the wilderness by the devil. He's being tempted, and he he survives all that temptation and and quotes Scripture back to the devil every time the devil tempts him with something, and he finally gets out to Nazareth, and he's uh, the town that he grew up in, and he goes to tell the people at the synagogue, and here's what he says. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. This is Luke chapter 4, beginning in 16. I'm sorry, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so, friend, as we're getting to the end of the year here, I want 
us all to realize, and I'm, I'm in the boat with you, okay? I need help. I'm tired of covering the same ground in my life. I'm tired of the same things following me around, the same issues, the same attitudes, the same memories, the same pile of, of loss and grief and, and difficulties that I have. I'm, I'm tired of struggling with the same old things, and I really want to break through and, and have something different that he promises, I want to make a stream in the wilderness for you. I want to make something new for you. Behold, he says, I'm doing a new thing. I want, if Jesus has a year of the Lord's favor for me, I want that. And if he's got a year of the Lord's favor for you, I want that for you. But notice here, he is filled with the Holy Spirit. The first part of Luke chapter 4, it says Jesus, Luke 4 verse 1, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So so Jesus is going out to be tempted by the devil, and what does he need to take with him? The Holy Spirit. So we've got God in the man form here, Jesus, and before he goes out to deal with the devil, what does he need? He needs the Spirit. He needs God inside him. So we've got God the man who needs God inside him. And I'm just going to say to you, friend, if God needed God's help, if, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit's help, don't you think we do too? Don't you think we do too? So if I got to this verse about the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Listen, the prisoner can't set themselves free. Okay, they can break out of jail, but they'll probably get recaptured and put back in prison, right, for longer and put in solitary. Somebody has to set them free. The blind person can't do their own cataract surgery. Okay, they need an ophthalmologist like our friend Chris Story held in San Antonio. You need somebody who knows what they're doing to perform that eye surgery on you to, re, to restore your sight. You need the great physician to, to rub that mud on your eyes and let the scales fall off so you can see. But you need him to do that for you. You need somebody to give you some good news, okay? And we're almost at the end of the year. And we've had a lot of bad news since 2020, especially. We've been struggling. And we've had a lot of bad news, Right? And we need somebody to proclaim good news. And Jesus says, the Spirit is doing that through me. So we need the Spirit. So I asked myself the question when I read this, what would, if Jesus wants to give us a year of the Lord's favor, what kinds of things would promote us having that year? Like, so not to say we have to go earn it. We're not going to be able to earn it. But if we wanted to, to increase the odds that we could live in a time when God gave us a year of his favor, then what would what would happen? What what would need to happen in our lives to to motivate him to give us his favor, right? So I just wanted to look for a second at things that would promote God giving us a year of his favor. Well, one of them came to my mind in Second Chronicles seven and for in verse fourteen. He says, "If my people who are called by my name." will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. One of the problems we have is we think our society is so bad right now and everything's wrong and look at all the stuff that these people are doing wrong and look at all the, the things that the other political party's doing wrong and look at all this, these people are doing that and that guy's doing that and everybody's problems. God needs to help those people get their lives squared away. But that's not what Second Chronicles 7.14 says. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, 
then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. So he's talking to me here and he's talking to you. He's saying, hey, I need my people. I need the, the, the people who are already on my team to square themselves away, to check themselves before they wreck themselves. I need you to look internally, look in the mirror and see what parts of your life you need to dry up, friend. What parts of your life do you need to dry up and let him plant something new? It was snowing the other day, the, the day before the big blizzard. We had the farmer out in the field spreading fertilizer on the hay field. And I thought, that's kind of crazy that, that we got this big blizzard coming in tomorrow and they're putting fertilizer on the dead, cold, frozen ground and it's going to be covered up with snow all year. Well, why? Well, because underneath that dead cold, frozen ground, God is doing something new that's going to result in a beautiful crop of that delicious-smelling alfalfa grass next year in our field, okay? You, you can't see the work that God wants to do in that dead and dry land, but he says it plain in Isaiah 43. I'm going to make streams in the wilderness. I'm going to make a way where there is no way. I'm going to bl- bless that crop that the farmer had the, the guts and the foresight and the wisdom to plant and fertilize in the winter so that in the spring something good will come of it. Those who sow seeds in sadness will reap with tears of joy, right? You remember that verse? So my point is this. Second Chronicles 7.14 gives us a clue as to one of the things we could do if we wanted to experience a year of God's favor. One would be stop looking at and thinking about what everybody else is doing wrong. And start thinking about ways that we can clean up our own camp and ways that we can square ourselves away and be real honest with ourselves and say, God, I've got this attitude. I've got that sister I haven't called in six months because she offended me. I've got this broken relationship with my kids because I'm always focusing on me and how they hurt me. And I need to I need to be the one to extend the olive branch or I've got this problem or that problem or I haven't been wise with my money. I haven't been tithing faithfully. I haven't been, you know. I haven't been grateful for the things. I wonder why you're not giving me better things, and I've been ungrateful for the things that I do have. I've walked right past that homeless guy on the street, and I haven't blessed him with some excess that you've given me. I haven't been thankful for the man. I've been begging you for the the T-bone steak, and I haven't been thankful for the fact that you've given me enough manna every day. So maybe... If you want to experience that year of the Lord's favor in 2023, maybe one of the ways to do it would be to just count your blessings and look in the mirror and say, okay, I'm not going to worry so much about what the guy over there is doing. I'm going to try to get myself squared away a little bit more. I'm going to ask God to, to break my heart for what breaks his, to, to show me with new eyes places that I can please him in my life because I want to be in that group if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will heal from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land I want that don't you want that well what else could we do to promote God's favor well one question would be to say well God what is it that pleases you what is it that you want what is it that you want from us well, the Old Testament prophet Micah, verse six, uh, chapter 6 and verse 8, he gives us a clue, another clue. He has shown you, Micah says, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you, Lee? 
Micah says, well, let me tell you, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We're hearing a lot about justice these days. If you get on social media, there's all this social justice and you hear all this stuff about justice and justice and justice. And what they mean is they want somebody else to, to pay something so that somebody else can get something so that they can be the ones who said they achieved justice for somebody else. But that's not what justice means, okay? Justice means when it's up to you, you do it right. You act justly. You're not demanding justice on somebody else's part. You're starting with the man in the mirror, the person in the mirror. Act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God, okay? So what does that mean? When it's up to you, do it right. You make sure that you are treating everyone fairly and justly when you are in charge of how you behave, Start with you and love mercy. When it's done to you, remember that you've been forgiven for many things, that God has not held you accountable for everything that you've done, that you've been given chance after chance after chance. And be honest with yourself. So so that means you should love mercy. You should be grateful and, and happy to extend mercy to other people when, when they do something to you. So when it's up to you, you act justly. When it's done to you, you love mercy and all the time you walk humbly before your God. So snip out arrogance, snip out pride, snip out ingratitude, okay? Prune all those things out of your life. So ask God to show you places where he needs you to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly. That would be a way that we could promote a year of God's favor. If we cleaned up our own camp and looked in the mirror and acted justly and loved mercy and walked humbly. How about that? Would that be a a good thing? Would everybody be a little better? Would the whole society be a little bit better if we all acted justly and loved mercy and walked humbly? Would it? So I just want you to know, now when is the day of the Lord's favor? It's right now. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2, As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, Paul says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So, friend, it's not some questionable time in the future when God wants to give his blessing to you, when God wants to put his hand of protection on you, when God wants to help you hold on during the massive thing and the hard times that are coming in life, when he when He wants to give you that abundance of John 10, 10, even though the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, he wants to give you an abundant life. What does that mean? It doesn't mean wealth. It doesn't mean freedom from illness. It doesn't mean perfect outcomes for everything. It means that when you're in the storm, he will help you hold on. When you're in the darkness, he will help you see the light. When you're in trouble, he will help you know that there's a better time coming. There's a new heaven and a new earth. And even if this situation, your circumstance that you're in doesn't work out, he can help you know and have faith that something better is coming, that he's got a better plan and a better day ahead. He's got a year of favor for you now and a great eternal time of favor for you later. Okay, doesn't that sound great? That's what the year of the Lord's favor is all about, and it's right now. So if we want to promote that and we want to be part of it, we start with ourselves. And I was thinking about all of that in the context of Christine Kane's sermon about the difference between freedom and deliverance and how it took the Israelites 40 years to finally achieve deliverance, even though they had been, quote-unquote, freed for 40 years. 
And that kind of reminded me of Galatians chapter 5. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 1, Paul says, It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Another translation says, It's for the very sake of freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And you'll say, Hold on, Lee, we live in the United States. We're not under slavery anymore. But let me ask you this, friend. Is there something in your life that keeps putting its hand on you, keep putting its chains on you, and something that you keep trying to deal with and you just can't get it under control or you just can't seem to break through? Is there a relationship that's harmful to you that you haven't been able to set yourself free from? Is there an attitude that has continually held you back or hindered you or stopped you from making progress or cost you trouble in your family? Is there an emotional situation where you can't deal with anger properly or you're overly anxious or you're struggling to get your brain under control and you're having problems learning how to separate your emotion from your circumstance? Is there something that's enslaving you, a behavior, a pattern, an addiction, a, a, a bias that you have? Is there is there something that you've been talking about wanting to change every year of your life for the last 40 years or 20 years or five years or two years? Is there something that you've said a hundred times to yourself in the morning? I wish I hadn't done that last night. Is there something, friend, that's holding you back? If there's not, this is not the podcast for you. If you've got it all squared away and, you, and you're already experiencing all of God's favor and you have no problems and everything's great, then maybe you need a different podcast. But I don't know anybody like that. So I just want you to to think about this. It's for freedom, Paul says. It's the very sake of freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm and don't let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. The Israelites were wandering around. They'd been set free, and they kept saying, we ought to go back down to Egypt. Well, they had cucumbers there. They, they, they gave us food there. We didn't have to wander around and eat this manna all the time. They were They were enticed to go back to the thing that was enslaving them. Over and over and over through the Old Testament, we see that problem, and we laugh. Say, why do they want to go back and get those cucumbers from Egypt? But but we do the same thing. We let ourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery, even though we're free. So it'd be like you get set free from prison, and you turn around and walk back in and shut the door behind yourself and lock yourself back in there. He's saying, quit doing that. Don't don't do that. Now, this chapter, there's some context here. I'm not reading about circumcision and all that, but the, the principle holds to anything that might be enslaving you. Okay? I want you to just think about this for a minute. That, you, that chapter in Galatians 5 starts with this knowledge that we've been set free because God knows it's good for you to be free, and you ought not to re-enslave yourself. And then we get down to the lower part of that chapter, like we talked about the other day, and it's all about what the Spirit does. What does it look like when the Spirit's inside you? And what does it look like when you're not living by the control of the Spirit? And remember, I just told you, Jesus needed the Spirit. Like, like It's a big deal that you need the Spirit. Just like that guy in the story from Flannery O'Connor said, yeah, I know he would help me if I pray, but I don't want any help. I'm doing okay on my own. And we, we find ourselves in this conundrum between letting God change the desires of our heart. You know, Matthew 5, Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. We find ourselves hungry and thirsty for other things, and we never seem full enough. We drink what the world offers, we eat what the world offers, and it never satisfies us. And he's just saying, here's the difference between a spirit-filled and spirit-led life and one that's not. If you're not led by the spirit, the acts of the flesh, Paul says in Galatians 5.19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. 
sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And again, you're probably saying, time out. We're not out there getting drunk and having orgies and doing witchcraft and idolatry. Okay, well, maybe not. And most of us aren't, thankfully, in this society in this day. But is there discord? Is there jealousy? Are you enraged? Is your brain in control? Is your limbic system in control of your behavior? Are you fight or flight all the time? Are you jumping off the handle when somebody offends you? Are you easily offended? Are you spending too much time worried about what they said or whether or not they liked your tweet or all those things? Or are you focused on the spirit? Are you grateful and happy and humble and trying to do justice and love mercy? That's the, that's the question. This, these are big things. And the reason they're big things that we're talking about is not because I want to have a real heavy conversation with you, my friend, but it's because I want that stuff to dry up in my life. I want God's fertilizer to get down deep in me and produce a crop that's going to promote the year of his favor next year. And it's going to help me to experience that new thing that he wants to do. I want to be set free. Because he died to give me the power to be set free. And what's the fruit of the Spirit look like? Paul says, Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Listen, friend, we don't think we need his help. But when we don't have his help, we find ourselves in a battle that we're not prepared or armed to fight. And that produces all this stuff in us struggling to to break addiction, struggling to turn that TV off at night and have a conversation with our spouse or, you know, have have a real relationship instead of just numbing ourselves with alcohol or Cheetos or television or shopping or Amazon or Instagram or any of those things. We're we're not talking to our kids. We're we're spending too much time on the computer. We're we need to be set free from all of that. We need to get our brains and our hearts lined up with his plan. We'll delight ourselves in the things that he's delighted by. And when we're brokenhearted by the things that he's brokenhearted by, and guess what will happen? We'll start exhibiting those fruits. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against any of those things, friend. That's what we want. We don't want to spend our whole lives wandering around for 40 years or 50 years or 60 years or 70 years or something that he already set us free from and a journey that should have taken us a couple of days and instead we spend our whole life trying why did I do that again why did I do that again why did I go back to that website why did I click on that thing again why did I drink that why did I eat that why he says I set you free so don't be enslaved again by it why don't you pray he would help you if you prayed I know the man said, but I don't need any help. I'm doing all right on my own. Friend, I want you to experience the year of the Lord's favor. I want us to be full of the things that God has for us. I don't want you to miss one moment of his plan for you, and I don't want to either. And I want to finally leave all this stuff behind, and I want that fertilizer that the farmer put on the field to produce a beautiful crop next year. And if I'm going to do that, I need to understand that I can't change my life until I change my mind. And I've got to change my mind about some things so I can start being hungry and thirsty for the things that he wants. There's a song, Elevation Worship did a song recently called Same God. And he says, I'm calling on the God of Jacob. I'm calling on the God of Mary. I'm calling on God to do these things in my life now that he's done before. And what is he doing there? He's using 
hope as a verb, as I've told you before, the, the component parts of hope are memory and movement. So I'm, I remember what you did for Jacob. I remember what you did for Mary. And God, I'm calling on you to do that now. You, the, the chorus goes, you heard your children then, hear your children now. You're the same God. You answered prayers back then, answer them now. You're the same God. You were providing then, please provide now. You're the same God. You moved in power then, I want you to move in power now because you're the same God. You were a healer, be a healer now. You're the same God. You were a savior, be a savior now. This song is just calling on God to do things he already wants to do, to, to line ourselves up with his promises so we can proclaim and understand that he's already declared this to be a year of his favor. We just got to get ourselves in line with it. Why? How? By being the people that recognize our part of the problem, willing to change it, to, to lay down those things and let God dry them up so he can plant something new and water it and fertilize it and have it bloom and blossom into a bumper crop for next year. That's what we want. We're going to play this song, Same God by Elevation Worship. And I just want to give you this this gift today of understanding that you've been set free already. If you believe in Jesus, he's already paid for your sins. He's already enabled you to have the spirit inside you. He's already done all these things. So why then would you live one more moment, friend, in a way that doesn't acknowledge how free you really are? I mean, why would you live one more second like that? You can't change your life until you change your mind. I'm calling on the God of Jacob and the God of Mary to keep his promise and give us the year of his favor. But to do that, we got to get our minds and our hearts and our spirits right. We got to do a little self-brain surgery and start thinking about things in a different way because he's already done it and we want to be part of it. I just wanted to give you that, that thought, the quiet time today. Go check it out. The same God by Elevation Worship. And give it a t- give it a try today. Lay something down and say, God, dry this thing up. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Help me to see myself and know who I really am. Change my brain. Change my mind so I can change my life. And give me that good news that I can start today. Oh 
that be your prayer tonight? Come and fill me. Come and fill me. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmb.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.